Hello and welcome to the Anivision Podcast. I am Steve and I'm joined with Armro. Ahoy! And Jero. I took a bite of gum gum. I feel like I should have said, uh, I made a big fail there. I should have said, my, I'm joined with my Nakama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Jero. Um, so we, we are doing uh, the One Piece EXT uh, episode for us. So it's basically, we're gonna, just going to review the whole series. We gave kind of our initial impressions of the first two episodes after we sat down and watched them all together. Um, and so now that we've seen the entire series, we want to come back and kind of talk about it some more and <clears throat> be happy because I guess might as well start, us, start off with the biggest news. I'm sure everyone's already heard already and got renewed for a second season. So uh, look out for more One Piece um, going forward. But uh, I guess going starting now, I guess basic overall thoughts. I mean, how did we come away after watching all eight episodes? Uh, it's a miracle that this worked as it as well as it did. Um, it almost feels like there is never ever going to be any in between where you were just like, eh, "It's kind of okay. It's either this is going to be absolutely terrible, or it's going to be surprisingly solid." And that's what it really felt like throughout the series. Is that uh, you know, you look at the way it's shot. I thought it was really good. The casting for a lot of characters was very solid. Um, like Garp and Mihawk, uh, Chef Zef, for example, or some noteworthy ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like it, it captures um, the nostalgia of watching those early One Piece episodes for me. Like, you know, seeing... Uh, Baratier and and Arlong Park just recalled like fond memories of of watching very early One Piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think what's very interesting to me is this was good. Um, I kind of agree with you on that. Um, I think it's it's interesting because I think we both can agree that early One Piece isn't bad, but it just gets better, right? So the fact that, you know, the early arcs, like, you know, with Syrup Village and, uh, you know, Axan Morgan and all, all those kind of early Romance Dawn arcs, like, yeah. other than Arlong Park, right? I, I think Arlong Park is a, a top-tier arc. But other than Arlong Park, a lot of the other arcs just are like, they're good, but it isn't really until they get to the Grand Line and we start to see, um, you know, the full cast start to interact a lot more. Um, and kind of get their, I guess, characters more fleshed out and roles and banter and, and things like that, I think, until the series gets really, really good. like, mm -hmm. And I think the fact that it was able to adapt the early material and be good is quite an achievement in itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we had talked about it in our last recording about how they interweaved Luffy's backstory into the the first couple episodes instead of just saying okay here here's an entire episode dedicated to luffy's past because uh mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm watching whole cake island right now and the villain of that arc big mom they had a big flashback interesting villain but it's like dedicating like two whole or like two, almost two whole one pace episodes uh it kind of felt really dreadful um so i kind of like what the live action did interweaving those backstories for not just Luffy, but the other characters. 
mm-hmm. in with the current scenario. Your thoughts, Armor? I liked it. And I honestly didn't go into it expecting that I was going to like it. Um, because, you know, I'm not a huge One Piece fan, and um, I have seen the early One Piece series, but a long time ago, like back when it was dubbed by uh, four kids. Yeah. Um, and so, so it, it did feel a little bit nostalgic in that sense. But not in like a oh I love this show I was like oh yeah I remember this, um and and so I don't know I I didn't have like a like a great um what's the word like I didn't yeah, care too much like if though. yeah like I didn't care too much like if things were changed or whatever because I didn't like remember it fondly, um so so to me like you know I I was I was just watching it for what it was right. And um, I thought it was actually really good. And and just like in terms of uh, doing what it's supposed to do as an adaptation, I think it kind of nailed it. Uh, because just in this is just, you know, like personal um, experience, but like people who I never expected to watch anime or actually who just don't want to watch anime have been like, oh, man, I, I watched One Piece on Netflix. And and they're not like they're they're not the manga readers. They're not the anime mm-hmm. watchers. They're a brand new audience that that are now actually watching and enjoying it and i think that means it's it's a successful adaptation so yeah. so yeah they, they did a great job i think i think you bring up a good point and something i was kind of interested to talk about um i think the biggest surprise to me is some of the feedback i've heard from people that are like i watched a show and i thought it was pretty good and they like they don't watch anime Right, mm-hmm. just like you said, they 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 watch live action, they play video games, they don't, they just don't watch anime, and I, I definitely felt like, you know, there are definitely some parts of the show that can feel kind of cheesy and anime esque, but the fact that people were still able to kind of watch it that don't really watch anime and enjoy it is quite surprising to me. Like that, that's something I really like I wasn't sure on because I really did feel like some of these things felt very anime like mm-hmm. and I think they still did a very good job though of bringing it to there um I also think um as you said I thought it was funny because when we were talking about the first two episodes we were talking about all how we weren't sure how they were going to cut material because the first two episodes were pretty good like they didn't have a whole ton cut like they did have some in the uh uh, orange village stuff that was cut but it was very pretty minor you know that mm-hmm. whole initial buggy arc isn't very long to begin with anyway i think it's only like a few episodes um and so uh I, once you started getting into you know especially Surt village and to arlong park that's where you got a lot more of the material where like oh this is cut but it still felt pretty good in terms of pacing like it didn't feel like Oh, this was removed. Therefore, this arc felt um, like stuff was deliberately cut out, right? And I think that was kind of very interesting to me too, because as someone who's definitely you know read the early mangas, read a lot of the manga, uh, you know, watched the first, you know, I've, I've probably seen these first episodes at least two or three times um, to watch it and still feel like, oh, hey, this still feels like it's paced very well. Mm-hmm. is is was quite astonishing to me i guess kind of uh getting into those uh 
the, the talking about those particular uh, arcs and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I guess kind of breaking down the the arcs specifically. Um, I think when we look at the Serp Village, the Bar- Baratier arc, and the Arlong Park arc, um, I think the Serp Village definitely did suffer from the most anime feeling. <laughs> um, I think it really largely had to do with the villain in that arc, right? Um, like, there's there's no shaping around it. Um, how how you do? And I think this is where the sh- the series is going to be interesting going forward. Um, when it came to the combat, right? I felt mm-hmm. that a lot of the combat um, was good, but like it, like. When you saw the fighting between, um, uh, gosh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, um, Luffy and Kuro, or yeah, Kuro, Luffy and Kuro. When we saw that fighting, that match, it like I just couldn't sit there and think to myself, like that looks kind of weird and lame, right? <laughs> the whole like I'm vanishing, whoosh, whoosh, like that that looks kind of cheesy, and mm. I'm curious to see because definitely like. There's going to be fights later on that we know of that, like, how are you going to adapt that very well? And, and of course, this is a lot of this is early on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't really, like, they can obviously kind of adapt and make it better. Um, but it just, it, that, that was probably the most kind of, like, lame combat fight mm-hmm. scene that I'd seen. Yeah. And it, it might help, maybe in the long run, in a way, as we get to, like, Alabasta... And we see Crocodile, who is a devil fruit eater and uses sand. So you can do interesting things on the CGI side with that. Or Kuro, he's just Mm -hmm. like, you know, Wolverine wannabe or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe that is the case. Maybe it's just a problem of the villain. And going forward, we'll see kind of better villains. But I will say that was probably the the lamest thing. The the other kind of comment I wanted to make in in kind of looking at and comparing the arcs. (laughs) Um, I thought Biarte, uh, the Biarte, uh, Barati arc, yeah. um, I'm very terrible at pronunciation. Um, the Barati arc, I thought that was pretty solid. Not much I would change there, but I do feel like, I think the one critique I wanted to bring into was the Arlong Park arc. Um, I thought there was two things about that whole arc that I was kind of, I would say that didn't work for me. Um, well, actually I wanted to go back to, actually, I just thought of one thing is the same thing, the same problem I had with the Barati, uh, mm-hmm. arc, um. I didn't really feel the emotion, right? Like in the manga, when Zoro is defeated, right? You know, and he's he's laying there, like you know, I've lost it. Uh, you know, uh, I, I will never lose again. By you know, because Mihawk just crushed him. Um, I just didn't really feel a strong emotion pull there. And it was kind of that same with Nami when she was stabbing herself in the arm. Like in the manga, these were two, and in the anime, I felt like these were very two impactful emotional scenes. But I definitely felt like, at least to me, like they didn't necessarily do the greatest of job delivering that emotion. Mm-hmm. So that, that is one thing I am kind of concerned about because I think One Piece is at its best when it ties in some of the strong emotional stuff, which it does very well at times, right? Um, and I, I definitely feel like that's something they're going to have to look to yeah. improve upon. I think like uh, the the Nami scene of stabbing her arm, like you know, in the anime, she's just like stabs it a few times and stuff, and it, it's kind of weird to like see actual human beings do that to themselves. Mm-hmm. So they could have like maybe had her like 
make an X or something like that and then think about stabbing and then have Luffy stop her there. So that could have been there could have been little things there that was a little different. Um Yeah. And Baratia, um I felt like the farewell between Sanji I can't remember this well, but Sanji and Zeph was a little different than what they did in the series, which is Sanji joins the crew and there's that emotional exchange as they part ways. Because uh-huh. I, I remember, like he was, uh, he had uh, bowed in the front of the restaurant. Yeah, I, I, it felt very like that, that was like the BRT, BRT arc, um, BRT arc. However, <laughs> say it. Um, I definitely agree that the emotional uh, with Sanji leaving didn't really impact me as much either. It felt very sudden too. Um, I think out of all the other arcs, um, that arc got kind of cut out the most because they pretty much just completely stripped the villains out of that and just brought in, uh, you know, Mihawk and uh, Arlong to kind of do a thing, which I don't think is a bad, (laughs) excuse me. I don't think is a bad thing. I just think that it, it did feel like maybe the, the emotional relationship, you know, Sanji kind of teaming up with, or or wanting to join Luffy in the gang. It it, it did feel a little like half-assed almost because it's like you know hey you know don't be here go to the you know go find the all blue go join luffy because you seem to like him a little bit right mm-hmm. instead of like in the series you know in the manga too there's like a strong emotional pull because there's a whole villain thing that are trying to take down um Biarte and he stops steps up to save the whole thing and it's not right, just yeah arlong coming in and being like i'm you know big man on campus here you know pay me my dues mm-hmm. kind of thing so I, I do feel like um, there there is a bit of a, a suffering there. But again, I feel like it's one of those things where I'm fine with that because really getting the crew together, mm-hmm. I think, is more important. Um, and getting kind of giving more attention to the later arcs is going to be, I think, yeah. better. Yeah, it's a little unique in how they just eliminated Don Krieg. He got like, what, 10, 15 seconds of screen time. <laughs> yeah. and and sent the the Arlong pirates there. Mm-hmm. Um and then we saw a lot more like Garp was you know uh a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he was all over. Him right. and Kobe Co- Kobe was just yeah. he was they were main characters pretty much in that season. Right. Mm-hmm. Which will be curious to see if they try to keep up with that. I do know, you know, at, we've got kind of a tease for Smoker and everything. Um, I'm wondering whether or not we're going to get more of that focus where we'll see the uh, Marines track them more or whether or not they'll just let the uh, the pirates breathe because mm-hmm. Marines really do take a back seat once they get to uh, um, the Grand uh, Line. The Grand Line, right. so. Um, thinking on the characters a little bit in these arcs, I, I like the, the way that they put their quirks on display, like in the Syrup Village arc, Soros walking down the hallway. He's like, oh, man, this place is like a maze. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, with Sanji, you know, we're always so used to him seeing Nami Swan, Robin Chuan, stuff like that. But, you know, he's more like a smooth talker, so he's kind of chill. And then uh, mm-hmm. when when Nami reunites with them, he just holds his arms out. But then she goes to hug Zoro and Usopp instead. <laughs> that was um, pretty good. Yeah. Also, the part with... Um... Um, oh god, where he was he was leaving and he finds uh Luffy outside, uh Zoro does. Yeah. He's like, You came for me. He's like, I thought I was going back to the mansion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's one of those things where like 
the quirks are very exaggerated. You know, Zoro being absolutely, you know, he just has no sense of direction at all. Yeah. Um, like it gets pretty exaggerated, but having the the kind of like simple touches of just showing him kind of getting lost every now and then, um, I think is pretty funny. I think it's a great way to do it without kind of feeling like, oh, this is way being over exaggerated <laughs> and somewhat of a silly mm-hmm. way. Um, but yeah, I definitely I definitely like that. Uh, one other thing I kind of want to mention that kind of disappointed me <clears throat> in the Arlong Park arc was the Usopp fight. Um, I really like, I think Usopp has a real character growth moment in the anime, uh, in the manga, where he was very much a, I don't want to fight kind of guy. I just, I need to hide. I just let them do their things. But in the in the episode, it was very much a, he took two steps back. All right, I'm up and I'm going to do it, right? It didn't really feel like there was much of a conflict there. Like, he didn't uh, feel like he wanted to be, you know, it didn't feel like, you know, the Usopp that he's like, I'm scared. I don't really want to be here and do this. It was just kind of like a mm-hmm. slight moment of hesitation. Then he was like, All right, I'm done. I'm cool. And let me stand right. up and fight yeah. you something. Mm-hmm. I do feel like that I did was a little disappointed. And I f- wish they kind of gave a few more seconds of, uh, moments there to give him kind of his scaredy cat kind of vibe mm-hmm. yeah and hopefully that's something they play off more of because they're gonna see more fearsome opponents mm-hmm. as they sail further yeah all right so i guess what one of the things i kind of want to look at too is the future um you know where season two gonna go now <laughs> that we know there's gonna be a season two um one, one thing i really wanted to, well actually yeah, one thing I, I really wanted to note that I thought was interesting is, um, so the producer said they had a 12-season plan. Um, like, they said they could cover everything once it's for 12 seasons. Give us 12 seasons, we'll adapt the entire series. Hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting because, you know, if you didn't know, the overall cost for season one was $144 million, Um which means if it was to stay on pace for that kind of cost, um, it's like a $1.7 billion project for 12 seasons. Hmm. Um, which yeah, I know technology gets cheaper as it innovates, innovates um, and we get more, you know, 10 years down the line, who knows how much cheaper it will be to produce some of this stuff. But that is kind of a crazy high price tag. I don't necessarily know if it can maintain that. So, yeah. And then... You got to wonder, these actors, they're seeing like, hey, this show's immensely popular. I can negotiate some more money. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. You're going to see more, you know, residuals, more uh, actors wanting more money on that. Um, and so that that's just going to be interesting. And, like, you know, some of these actors could easily probably go on to do better things. I think Nami's the only one who's like, I love anime. I've always loved anime and I wanted to be Nami forever. So <laughs> um, other than her, probably any of the other actors could probably go on to do bigger projects if this really pops off. So I, I guess um, uh, kind of coming back to seeing where season two, where, where, where do you feel like season two needs to go to? Cause I was looking at it. And the other thing to note was that there's currently oh, 1,900 or 1,091 episodes of manga. So, the first season, so the first season covered, let's see, uh, I had it, had it written down somewhere. When, what would it be, the first 40-some episodes? 
Yeah, it covered about the first 40 some episodes and it covered um Yeah, it basically covered all the way through chapter 80, right? Mm-hmm. Oh no, no. Ooh, I'm wrong. 90s. Mid 90s. 90s. It covered through like basically the first 90 chapters. So with with that in mind, that means this could literally go all the way almost through the entire Alabasta arc if it were to keep this pace. Mm-hmm. So that would be kind of insane to see like season two go all the way through Alabasta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we saw, the, uh, you know, they could maybe do a 10 episode season or something because mm-hmm. each of these arcs that we got into eight episodes were two a piece. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think you would want to do Alabasta in just two, just episodes, two episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. For your four. It's, it's definitely kind of one of the bigger arcs up to that point though, to be fair. Um, because a lot of these, like, I think a lot of the other arcs are pretty short in terms of number, chapter count. And then Alabasta right. comes out and it's like pretty long. So, mm-hmm. um, so I but think, yeah, that'd be yeah. interesting. Because I think you could get by with the first episode being their arrival on the Grand Line. Mm-hmm. Then they go to Drum Island for an episode or two. Then they can go to Alabasta for like three or whatever. For like the rest of the season, this, they dedicate to Alabasta? Yeah, I think so. I think there there's a lot of battles mm-hmm. that you can do. Um and the uh the crew will be bigger by then and even though Robin isn't officially a crew during Alabasta, uh there's plenty of scenes with her. Yeah. That that would definitely be interesting. I w- I really would hope because I think again, to me it's like the series really starts to be amazing <clears throat> after the Alabasta or during the Alabasta arc. So, like, that could definitely be something to where, like, it, you know, again, for a show with such a high price tag, right, it needs to be as popular as you can get. So we need to have a season that really gets through some content that's absolutely top tier. And so I think Alabasta is definitely that one. So it, it definitely would be curious because I know we already kind of talked about it. I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with Chopper. Go full CG? Like, will, will a budget support that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, do a person in a costume? Uh, you know, yeah. they, they can't really do a little kid because if this is going to last 10 years, you know, how does the kid age? Mm-hmm. They could possibly find someone like really short, like in a short adults maybe, and just make up that, that up. And so that way it's not mm-hmm. looking to grow, you know, yeah. um, that could be a possibility, but yeah. um, Chopper is going to be the one that's going to be really curious to see what they do with that. Yeah. Cause they're, they're going to have to do a lot of focus group testing. I'd imagine on that to see what works for people because we already Mm. saw when the Sonic movie came out that people didn't like the initial design of Sonic, but then they, they took a while, but they made a a design that people jibed with on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that I'm not looking forward to seeing, and we're already seeing a bunch of it now is people picking actors to play as certain characters Um, yeah. Like, hey, like, like, listen, Jamie Lee Curtis does look like Dr. Kureha, and she probably would play a Dr. Kureha pretty well. But because the, the casting was generally good in this series, and because that casting process isn't just as simple as, hey, they look like them, let's pick them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm not looking forward to seeing the uh, thousands of posts like that over the next couple yeah. of years. Mm hmm. Yeah, but fan casting is always going to be a thing. Um, 
it's going to be hard to get away from that. Yeah. So I, I, I'm somewhat okay with it. Um, as long as they just, and, I, and the thing is like, as much as we fans kind of put our noses in things, you know, the producers for the most part, don't really look at us. Right. <laughs> They're looking at, you know, casting people who are affordable that can do the role and, you know, can invest time in. Cause you are talking about a show that is largely filmed in what South Africa. Right. I mean, you have to find actors that can say, hey, yeah, I'm going to go spend the next three or five months in South Africa filming stuff, right? And so um, th- there's always going to be where fans want certain characters that, you know, <laughs> actors are projects. And and also going to have to keep in mind that there are strikes going on right now. Yeah. So we are not going to hear about casting for a long time. So that's just going to be the reality of things. So, but yeah. Um, I guess any, any other thoughts people might want, you, you guys want to talk about the series? I didn't really like Arlong, his mm-hmm. design really? that much, like his character, like it, like he just kind of felt like he just felt like another fishman. He kind of looked like him. Um, yeah. he didn't have that kind of imposing, uh, essence to him that I felt he did in the anime. You know, I think part of it was Fishman in general. Like, I think the prosthetic stuff looked amazing, mm-hmm. but there, there, there is that kind of uncanniness to them, right? Where we're looking at humans in fish costumes, and we're trying to uh, not see how much Arlong is just a guy with a, you know, a pointy thing taped to his nose, right? And I, I do think that's really hard to do. I also think some of the problem was, and this is a good point to make, I think the Arlong actor tried too hard to imitate the Arlong from the anime's voice. And so there were often times where he was talking like, oh, yeah, <laughs> and it just sounded like a fake voice. And in my mind, when someone's using a fake voice, it is way less intimidating, right? And mm-hmm. there were times where he dropped the fake voice. I don't know whether these were reshoots or he just forgot to do it. <laughs> um, but there were times where he stopped, like when he was talking to Nami around, or when he's talking to Luffy too, I think when he was in the building. Um, and I was like, dude, he stopped doing the face boy voice for a minute. And I thought like he was way better. Like I, I felt more engaged with the character. But I, I do agree that like it is it is hard to do fishmen, right? It's just, mm-hmm. it's just going to be always going to be kind of a difficult thing. And especially when we get to like, you know, I know this is like, we're talking about five seasons down the line here, like the fishman village arc where we have, you know, a princess that is the size of a three story building. Right. Right. Yeah. Like it's just going to be a little hard. Um, and there's going to be some discs kind of, you have to set aside your brain to go like this doesn't feel real, right? You know, mm-hmm. you get a Godzilla monster, right? And it stands next to uh to something and you go, wow, that looks awesome. But the moment you humanize it, the moment you put like a human form of it, mm-hmm. it just it's just so much harder to buy. And I think that's what the fishermen had. Because they looked too human and it was just kind of hard. Like you could do like and and, and to be fair, like I'm not saying that it's I think some of it is definitely budget wise. Because if you take a look at something like Pirates of the Caribbean, they did fishman monsters that were absolutely terrifying. 
but they had millions of dollars worth of CG budget that they could do in a single movie um, versus, you know, we had to do physical prosthetics for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I know you're, someone's going to say, well, this cost $144 million to make, but you know, that's over the course of, you know, several episodes. Like you can't just go two yeah. episodes. We're going to put like, $20 million of CG in just these two episodes, right? There, there's a big difference between eight one-hour episodes and, and a two-hour movie. <laughs> yeah, so I, I do think that maybe they're going to have to consider that. And again, maybe it's just one of the things that we're talking about five years down the road, right? Yeah. AI and technology is just getting... It's it's exploding so much that we're seeing huge leaps um, and, and things that people couldn't do very well. Like even like Ahsoka, right? did a most recent episode where they had to de-age uh, Anakin and it just, it looked light years better now than when you look at five or six years ago when they did it in a huge big budget movie. And it's just because technology has just gotten better. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it will continue to get better and it'll make, you know, doing Fishman a little more intimidating, more scary, being able to do that full CGI. Cause like, again, if you going back to pirates of the Caribbean, cause it's just, the easiest thing to th- think of. Um, can't think of his name right now, but the tentacle guy, right? Um, absolutely terrifying, right? Looked yeah. great. Um, Arlong could do that. That would be awesome. But again, that would be massive CG budget. So we'll have to kind of wait and see how certain things adapt. Yeah. And uh, there is something they could try in this next season because we will see giant people. Uh in, in at least in anime, mm-hmm. in between Logetown and uh, Alabasta, so they could test out how giants look. That would be interesting. Something else that I I think is interesting is like, uh, people were noting that the someone that looked like crocodile was in the scene of Gold Rogers execution, and mm. that they could uh, gender bend Croc. For the live action, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There is already a gender bent croc, right? In the manga, I haven't. I'm not caught up. Yeah. I think there's a some sort of special thing in the manga where they gender bent some characters. Oh, okay, based on like some sort of I can't remember what it was. I could be wrong. All right. I think I remember seeing something about it because there was an article about how character is like some sort of power or something that generated characters that were different genders or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I'm not, I don't, I wouldn't be upset at the gender bent croc, um, but it would feel weird. Right. Cause I feel like his character specifically, the way it's designed is kind of like this middle Eastern, like warlord tyrant guy. Right. Um, so it'd be hard to be like, Oh yeah, it's a woman. Just feels like it would take a little bit away from what the character is designed to be, but we'll have to wait and see what they do. Mm-hmm. I think I, I do have. I think based on this season, I have trust. So it's very hard, yeah, to to gain trust nowadays. Yeah. Um, but I, I have some trust in these these producers and the, the creatives, and they definitely seem to mm-hmm. want to do what's great. I, I will say I do hope. Um, and this is one critique I saw, which I think is pretty valid. I do hope that. Um, Oda, because Oda's been giving a, given a lot of, you know, what Oda says goes. I really do hope that Oda's 
doesn't I, I think it's great to have him here but i do hope there isn't too much of a you know we have to redo this or make it this a certain way that doesn't work because Oda's set on it being that way. Because mm-hmm. um, especially going forward with some of the, uh, you know, some of this stuff, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, um, but that, that, that's the thing that I, I think makes this uh, such a success mm-hmm. is how hands-on he was with it. Every other thing, Shinichiro Watanabe on, uh, Cowboy Bebop as a consultant and the the original anime directors and stuff on like the Ghost in the Shell movies like how involved were they really how much direction did they really get to have uh how how valued were they by the directors and all of those people it it really feels like uh Oda was interested in work in working on this and that the and that well, the director and stuff were very open. Yeah. And, and we do know more about Sinichiro Watanabe's uh, Cowboy Bebop work in that he was brought on, asked for some ideas and then never talked to Pretty again. Much, yeah. So um, yeah. And, uh, and maybe it was some of that, that he had saw that Oda saw that was like, if you're going to bring me on board, you better give <clears> me control. Right. I want a real voice in the process. So um, maybe Cowboy Bebop had to fail <laughs> so One Piece could <laughs> sail. Um, yeah. I will say one other thing I kind of wanted to mention that was, I thought was funny, or what, what I think the series did more for me than anything else, and it sounds like it did a lot for you as well. Yeah. It made me want to go back. It was like, I, I haven't watched One Piece in a number of years. Like, I, I watched, um, I watched all the way through the arc anime wise um or maybe only halfway through the arc with uh don flamingo yeah dress rosa uh, yeah and i read all the way up to the wano arc mm-hmm. and then i just kind of stopped um and so i kind of felt like i want to actually start investing time into the series yet again whether it's you know just going through watching one pace i did make a very stupid financial decision. Um, I found out you can buy a One Piece Omnibus editions, which are basically three manga volumes squished into one. And they were all, I found them all on sale for like 13 bucks each. And I already owned like 25 One Piece manga books that I bought like 10 years ago. So I was Mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'll just spend $300 on all the one, all the One Piece books. <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm expecting them to come in next week. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to start reading them, but also looking at One Piece and possibly doing One Piece. But um, I definitely say that this series really energized my love for the series. So I'm definitely very. I think that that did that. That's one of the greatest things about this. This this season was it just mm-hmm. it just regenerated what i i really loved because if you'd asked me you know what my favorite anime was and <clears throat> manga was i'd always say one piece because you know even if i haven't you know read it in years that early stuff was always just so amazing i loved it right. so much mm-hmm. so yeah uh pretty much the same for me um had watched 300 dollars on manga too uh, uh not that uh, oh. <laughs> but uh amro does, does it does it move the needle in any way shape or form um, honestly, I, 
again, it's One Piece is such a huge undertaking yeah. that it, no matter what you tell me, there's a thousand chapters or a thousand episodes. I'm like, uh, I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to yeah. be able to do that. Yeah. But, um, you know, on Netflix, they do this thing where they're like, hey, look, there's One Piece movies on here. Ooh, I kind of do want to watch those. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause... You know, because they're, they're just a little more standalone and it's, it's shorter. So, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and and yeah, like I I haven't yet, but I'm thinking about it. And and now that they've announced the second season, <clears throat> I'm definitely going to watch the second season. Yeah, yeah, because I I I really wish for guys like you that they have like episode of Alabasta, like these movie mm-hmm. episodes that you know sh- sort of chop up that arc into like a couple hours. I really wish they would have done that consistently for more arcs just as an easy way of letting people know at least even if it's just like up to up pre time skip then you can Mm -hmm. say you can cut you know 500 some episodes across these eight to ten whatever movies you know i really get the feeling they might end up doing that once the anime actually ends right Mm -hmm. because you're talking about such a huge uh, One Piece Kai. media media content right that you have available right and why not you know go back you know year <laughs> after a few years and just be like here's this arc uh, here's this arc that's all trimmed down nice and neat maybe they you know the older episodes that are in four three they they redo a little bit of um because I think they did that for uh, I don't know did it go widescreen for Alabasta I don't think it was widescreen yet. I don't think so. But the movie was widescreen. Mm-hmm. So if they went back and just did that yeah. for these arcs, um, all the arcs, I think that would be pretty amazing. So, But maybe yeah. they will because, again, you mm-hmm. don't want to you know, let a cash cow die, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I don't know re- how, how uh, you could do you know, Luffy or uh, Boofy the next generation <laughs> yeah. or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say like Boofy or Moofy, son of Luffy. Yeah. All right. Uh, that'll wrap up the EXT episode of One Piece. Um, if you haven't watched it yet and you listen to this episode, that's crazy. Um, but if you have watched it, definitely love to hear your thoughts. Um, you know, you can join our, our Discord, come to Facebook, uh, X, um, yeah. all these places we're at. Love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, so definitely, get, you know, join us and, and let us know. Um, again, I, I, not, not to say I don't want to hear from other fellow One Piece fans, but I definitely am more curious about those who, who may have watched a series that don't really, like, kind of like Armro, maybe watched it a long time ago or just never really invested in it. Um, those are the people I'm really kind of, uh, I would say I'm definitely curious about as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, since, since the reception has been so overwhelmingly po- popular, I kind of want to hear from people who didn't like it. <laughs> and, and just be like, be like, so so what was the deal? And, and uh, you know, uh, and before we just go... Just because the one, they're contrarian. Yeah, exactly. I, I did, speaking of being contrarian, I, I did want to go into the series and be like, oh, it's better than the original! <laughs> Act like it was uh, something amazing or whatever. Because I expected it to be trash, so so that was the trolling. Was that yeah, this this thing that sucks is better than the original One Piece, but then it ended up being good, and that's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, they made it good. I can't troll it. Damn, um, imagine <laughs> putting effort into something. Yeah. I know. 
you know, one thing I, I have kind of wondered though about the price. Um, I wonder if some of the price was due to the fact they had to recreate the Going Merry. Now that you know they have the 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 merry go or going merry, however you want to call it, whichever <laughs> language, um, if that kind of saves on some of the cost for at least the next few seasons. Yeah. So I thought I had read something about the ships that they had borrowed it from some other Netflix series that it did, like I don't know, pirates or sailing or something, and that's how they got those. Hmm. Uh, I think Shadow and Bone has some sailing stuff in it. Um. It's a silly Netflix show I watched mm-hmm. with sailing. Yeah. Um, so maybe that was it. I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, let me see. I do know, I do know it's somewhat interesting to note because I remember as well another show I watched a number of years ago called, um, oh, what's it called? It's another pirate show um, that was really good that I loved. Uh, Black Sails. Yeah. Um, that was also filmed in South Africa. So I wonder if South Africa is just where you go for the film stuff when you have boats and pirates and things. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the, or I guess this special episode of the podcast. I definitely have some stuff coming down the road if if you're listening to it um, relatively recently uh, after we release it. Um, so we, we definitely plan on talking about Starfield, uh, Baldur's Gate, um, and a bunch of really awesome stuff coming down the line. So definitely look forward to those. Um, but for uh, Armro and for Jero, I'm Steve, and we'll see you next time on the Anavision Podcast. Season two.